Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 22. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. And we are on the floor of the Association of Government Accountants Professional Development Training. Did I get that right, PDT? You, you did. There's a lot of legalese behind that, but it is their annual conference. It's the biggest thing we attend. We're in Orlando, Florida, and we're also recording episodes of Government Matters while we're here. So thank you to you and your colleagues for helping us make all of this happen. It's terrific uh, cross-promotion. The buzz around the booth is incredible. It, you are a, it's like having Elvis. Well, but see, here's the, tell, you've got to talk about these stickers because we have, I did not know that we had actual, unless some tchotchke here that people are passing out. It's, you know, typical conference floor, there's stuff. And this is really nice. This is a letter opener, box opener, bottle opener, screwdriver, cell phone stand, can opener. That's nice. Um, but you that, That's you, a tchotchke. That's like something, another company. What Should we give them a shout out? Grant huh? Solutions. That's up to you. Yeah, they put them uh, out on their booth. Grant Solutions, Partner in Innovation. But you, we have the best one because yes, we, we have do. now FedHead stickers which yeah. you can see if you follow uh, Grant Thornton Public Sector on Twitter, by the time this episode airs, or by the time it's available, you'll be able to see the FedHead sticker. The FedHead sticker. It's a little unnerving to have your cartoon picture on a sticker that's handed out. And actually, somebody came by our booth and said, you know, I saw this sticker, and I thought, oh my gosh, that looks like Robert Shea. And there's a good reason for that. <laughs> That's kind of what they were shooting I think, for. I think we should invite all our anybody who wants a sticker. Uh-huh. Just send an email to adam.hughes at us.gt.com. And he'll get them mailed out. And he'll get them mailed out. I think that's a great idea. Adam.hughes at us.gt.com. And and he'll mail them out. That's and I right. think I would love it if everybody that had that listened to FedHeads would email him and get a sticker and like put it on your laptop or something. Or on your car. If I see well, one I, on a car, I'll honk at you. <laughs> well, the problem is they're about, I would say, two and a half inches in diameter. So I'm not sure it's going to be really easy for you to pick them up on the bumper of a car. you got to know what you're looking for. Well, that's true. That's a fair point. So you, this is not your first rodeo. You've been to this a number of times in the past. Why is this an important place for people in the financial management community and government to be every year? Well, we are here at the annual conference of the Association of Government Accountants. I've always wanted to change the name of that organization to the Association of Government Accountability because it's, it's more than just financial management. Anybody who's involved with helping uh, state, local, federal agencies improve their financial management or performance um, We'll find a lot of interesting content about best practices, initiatives that are driving improvement, and also it's a great opportunity to network with this community all in one place. Mm -hmm. um, what's your number one takeaway from this when you go back to work, and what should be the number one takeaway when a government person comes here and when he or she takes what they learn here back? You can quickly discern what's real, what is having an impact at agencies. You hear about artificial intelligence, robotics process improvement, I mean automation, the, um, a lot of buzzwords, 
but you can actually hear stories about the application of these practices on the ground at agencies that are actually having an impact on the biggest challenges. We started the day today, uh, Gene Dodaro, Comptroller General, set the stage, uh, listing a lot of our challenges. Mm -hmm. the fiscal situation, um, a lot of the management challenges we faced. He talked about the biennial high-risk list the GAO publishes. Um, sort of, as he traditionally does, sets a somber, somewhat optimistic, but really sets the stage on what are our big challenges, and the rest of our time is focused on what are we doing to fix those problems so that we can improve the performance and financial management for the American people. So your mention of the high-risk list, I think, is a good segue to where I wanted to go next, because the high-risk list was uh, probably the number one topic of discussion at the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee hearing last week that Margaret Weikert testified to about the government's reorganization plan. And members of the committee from both sides of the aisle asked her, did you consider the high-risk list from GAO and also the um, overlap duplication and fragmentation reports that GAO has put out for, I think, the last six years now? Did you consider those in your reorganization plans? And I think at one point she said yes, about 40% of what's in the reorg is from, I'm, and I don't want to misquote her, but from that body of work. Um, a, a large portion of those of what the administration recommended has had their basis in a lot of what J.O. had recommended. I think it's a fair, it's a fair characterization of what she said. Uh, terrific. Um, now, my takeaway from that hearing was that they still have a lot more work to do, I think, than I thought at preparing exactly what they want to do with the rule. It was presented at the hearing as though these are broad strokes, and I think Margaret used the term, um, this is uh, the art of the possible. And I think what the members of that committee expected to hear was a lot more concrete, ready-to-go examples of what the uh, administration wants to do, whether it's something they need Congress's help with or whether it's something they think they can do on their own. Yeah. Is that a fair takeaway, do you think? I think that is where the conversation landed at the hearing. I'm a little disappointed because those recommendations provide plenty of meat to get started. Of course, if they require legislation, that legislation has to be drafted by somebody. Somebody's got to go run with that ball. Do we know who's responsible for each one of them? Are they crafting legislation? Have they consulted with the relevant committees? Those were a lot of questions that should have been answered before now. Mm -hmm. So I, I really think we set, we got, um, the, the, the initiative was set back by not having a lot of those questions answered. The two Democratic members of the committee who were the most critical of Margaret Weikert at that hearing were... But still optimistic. I mean, they were eager to go forward. Well, that's where I wanted to go. The, the two who were the most critical were the ranking member of the committee, Senator McCaskill, and Senator Heitkamp. And yet, while they were critical, they were also saying, we want these answers because we want to help you. We want these answers because we know that something needs to happen. And I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure if the Republican members were as willing to jump on board with what the Obama administration wanted to do, admittedly far less uh, aggressive, ambitious than what the Trump administration is proposing. But I'm not sure we saw the enthusiasm that we at least at least those two senators claim that they have to get started. That's a good point. One of the reasons we don't have 
reorganization authority invested in the president is because the level of trust between any administration and the Congress is so low mm -hmm. that they don't trust, that they, they're not willing to give uh, broad reorganization authority. That's why you find some more narrow proposals coming forward. Even those get get a pretty scant hearing. Um, uh, but I, you know, I think one of the major barriers is a lack of collaboration between the administration and Congress generally. There's this weird rule about pre-decisional information and the fact you can't release it that prevents the administration from going and talking to Congress before these things are formally announced. Mm -hmm. Which means you're already behind the eight ball and playing catch up no matter what. So when, I think until we break that sort of artificial barrier, you're not going to see a lot of progress unless you have a crisis like 9-11 that of course led to the uh, Department of Homeland Security. It strikes me as this kind of kind of elementary who goes first game and whoever goes first the other person says well you shouldn't have gone first I should have gone first you know what I mean absolutely it's, I mean, it's, it's childish is what you're saying. well I, I no, I didn't say that you said that but that's fine um, and in fact the the chairman of the committee Senator Johnson tried to explain that to Senator McCaskill you would have criticized them had they come here and said this is exactly what we're going to do and here's all the data and facts to back it up, you would have said, well, this is too prescriptive and we didn't get a chance to have a voice in any of this, but if you which take, is true. Well, but is if you, exactly if you, true. But if you take the, them at their word, that they were willing to help, then a little uh, collaboration in advance of the release would have done them some good. Yes. I'm, I'm not sure that's totally true, but what do you lose? What do you lose if you... If you've, um, uh, invite that kind of collaboration in advance of the uh, Final thought. This has been a terrific opportunity to sit and talk. I, I expected, I think what we originally envisioned for this podcast, this this episode was just sitting here for about two minutes and saying, hey, we're here and we'll hit you next week. Uh, so I'm glad we had a chance to, to expand that a little bit more. We actually more. had to do a little work. Well, it was, no, this is not work. This is fun. Don't tell me about it. Um, we just did, but that's okay. Uh, I do notice, though, that you're a total company man. <laughs> Is that because I'm wearing a purple That's plaid a, shirt? It's exactly. It's not a plaid. It's a check. Check. Yes. Uh, plaid would have other colors in it, little like pinstripes going up oh through. God. Our listeners learn so much. It's it, unbelievable. They are so lucky. It's a purple check, and it's it's nice, and it's funny because you're sitting against the Grant Thornton backdrop, and it. It matches perfectly. So, Carlos Otal, I hope you're listening. He's total a, company man. You're a total company man. Uh, that is total company man, Robert Shea. I'm Francis Rose, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.